Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Hello, I'm David Hepworth. Welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm joined, snuggling around the microphone this week by... Mark Ellen. And, and also by neighbour, subscriber and silken tone voiceover artist, Kerry Shale. Kerry Shale. There you go. Oh. <laughs> That's very good. That's very He's good. shaken the levels already, hasn't he? <laughs> Kerry yeah. Shale. Kerry Shale. <laughs> neighbourhood voice artist. That's got to be a made-up name, isn't it? Kerry Shale. It is partially, but uh, okay, yeah, we'll go, go into that later, maybe. Yeah. Speaking of that, we had uh, Rob Fitzpatrick. Uh, Rob is, uh, is come hotfoot. Hotfoot. My feet are hot. Uh, from uh, meet, meeting the diminutive, uh, well, are we calling him a genius I or not? tripped over him, David. Uh, <laughs> who we tell everybody who you were meeting today, Prince. Prince. Say that Prince. again. Prince. What was, the what, Prince. The what, Prince. What, what Stand up when I'm talking to you, yeah. mating. Oh, that, isn't it? You try that one. Yeah, yeah. Come on, mate. I can't see you. I'm talking to the lectern. Uh, Rest yeah. the old pipe on his head. He, <laughs> you don't mind me laughing. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Start again. Yeah, so anyway, Prince. Press conference today to announce... Very exciting news that he's uh, a retiring his greatest hits material. I bet you are. So let's get this. He said he was retiring. He's not going to do his greatest hits no, anymore. No, he, yeah. Th- well, he didn't actually say this, but on the posters, the official posters, it says, "Hear his greatest hits live for the last time." What a strange thing to do. It's a lie, isn't it? It's got to be a lie. I would have thought it, it has been is. in the past. Has most it? people. Everybody's lied about it in the past. Maybe he's the one to break the duck. So, so is, he, is he announcing a series of concerts? He's announcing 21 concerts in London. 21 concerts in London. And he said uh, that he's going to be doing... He's got so much material, you, he needs to stretch out. But I don't think everybody needs to stretch out that far. Do they? 21 days. But he did promise a lot of jazz. So that's got to be a good thing. But, but this is 21 concerts at the, at the O2, O2, as we must now call them, which I think is a 20,000-seater venue. It's bigger than Earl's Court, right? 21 days in a 21 row, days, or 21 20, days over 10 years. astonishing <laughs> amount of people. Isn't, I'm not sure if it is 21 days in a row. Being subjected to jazz. I've got a feeling that yeah, it's going to be <laughs> four-hour sets of you know, sort of jazz funk and then after shows at Coco to round it off. Um, but yeah, 21 days. But isn't there a, to get in. Didn't I understand there's also some arrangement whereby you get a copy of his record for yes, free? Yes, you get a copy of his new album for free 
by going along because uh, he doesn't, you know... Because nobody will buy it. Well, there's probably as many people who would buy it in this country anyway, isn't yeah. it, to be honest, but um, it, it, if he was lucky. But also he says that he's, he's breaking, again, he's breaking the mould of the record industry and uh, going his own way and giving stuff away. <laughs> did, you, did you feel, did, did, were the expressions pompous and midget, did they ever spring to hey, mind hey, at any point? <laughs> hey, I'm in your corner. Not Gary, <laughs> David Hepworth, no. Uh, did, did you feel no, like heckling or anything? Well, was he, was he the saying thing is, this? I more felt like heckling the guy that was introducing him. I don't know who this chap was, but he banged on for a long old time about, and he really reading it off a sheet like Prince. He, he actually did use the phrase, "The phrase genius is overused in this day and age, but we can." But, use, but, <laughs> know, but he's a genius. But it's written on but, this piece of paper. But, uh, but former genius. <laughs> former made, genius. Uh, one thing I was telling Mark about this earlier, one thing he did tell us, which is very good, is that the good, one of the good things about Prince is that he's a little bit like Jimi Hendrix and he's a little bit like James Brown. That's a shaft of insight. I know. Because Rob, like Rob thought yeah. that actually he ripped off the, the field mice. The field mice and the corn And dolls. also, yeah, yeah, and the corn dollies. Just and Gilbert Sullivan, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sort of of So he came out thinking, my God, it's, 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 it's a kind of Afro-American, you know, isn't it? What it's he's rock. done that's interesting is he's sort of married rock... And funk. Oh no, he has yeah. to. Wow, yeah, that sounds has. really yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. Wow. It's, uh... So when's this taking place, Rob? This is taking place in August. Right. When uh, everybody's away. When everybody's away, <laughs> yeah. Or when everyone's going to festivals elsewhere. So you go along, you pay £31.21. £31.21, which has a biblical meaning. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Ooh, but what? Is that was the last album. Yeah, that was, was the last 31, album. 21, that's also his club and his thing in Las Vegas, of course, 3121. So, so, you know, so where's the bit in the Bible where it says that something is actually bought for £31.21? The millennium is mentioned in the Bible, you see. That's the, oh, the millennium dome. The millennium dome. Oh, okay. No, I just made that up. Sure, surely, David. <laughs> Corinthians 31, <laughs> verse 21, which says, Thou shalt not have the right to charge for thou's All right, we'll look that up. If it's got a Jehovah's yeah. Witness theme thou to it, like the last one. Enough short jokes, please. I didn't yeah. come here to be insulted. Thou shalt not wear high heels and have a moustache. That was the other one, I think. Maybe. <laughs> but he used to be so brilliant. He was. Oh, I, I saw I'm three or four Prince concerts in a row, and I. Uh, my, the 80s to me were like completely taken up by Prince I was Prince proselytizer pros, but, but didn't he delight us slightly too much didn't he isn't, that, isn't he a classic case of Prince he just overdid it well yes crazy. I know he needed the record company to keep him from no I'm going to defend the old boy I mean I feel it's that's my role Here we go. it's my role on the podcast to keep the old balloon in the air Mr. Thumbs Aloft. I went to see him many times. I think I saw every single tour. I thought he was absolutely and utterly mind-blowing. It's a very original word, I know, but astonishing. And he played the Brit Awards, was it last year or the year before? Which he was very good at. And I have to say, we were all sitting there thinking, I mean, there was some pretty strong contenders. Paul Weller had pulled together a pub rock group to try (laughs) to end the show and turned up bizarrely with orange skin. I don't know where he'd been on holiday. But anyway, a lot of English contenders there and he absolutely and utterly wiped the floor. Did you see it? I didn't see that one, but I remember the one from years ago where he had the the minder which was was hilarious. Oh, yes. Yes. And he he, he was fantastic, but I have gotten like the last three albums. I have bought them and I've listened to them all once, maybe twice when I was drunk, but they're just not as good. It's right. a special section, isn't it? I was there. Yeah. That, that section of the co- collection that's labelled Played Just Once, isn't it? We ought to be more brutal and get rid of those things. Because you, yeah. you know straight away, don't you? 
When you played it just once, you think, I will not be back with this. No, no, could no. be a grower. Yeah. No, could not. Never is. <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, that's the, that's the Prince news. Uh, that's Prince news. Although, the slightly other, uh, other moment of Prince news is uh, all, there were about six questions were asked. He was only I don't like that for about five minutes. The only questions that were asked were all asked clearly by members of his own PR company. <laughs> and, uh, and, one of the, and they were like, why are you so good? And well, not. Yeah. Did anybody say? Did you ever think of marrying rock and funk? Did they? Did they <laughs> yeah. Well, throw someone, that up as someone did. Are oh, you influenced by James Brown and Jimi Hendrix? Someone did say uh, you, you've been a huge influence. Uh, you've you know on so many people. Who influences you? Great question. You know where that question comes from. Uh, every interview ever for people who haven't the, done any preparation. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be so <laughs> unkind. I wouldn't be so unkind because we love Jules Holland dearly. Oh, but yeah. that's the question that... he always asks. Tell us about your influences right. when they're sitting around the piano, don't they? Mark Ellen's got. You see, I'm going to defend Jules <laughs> because I think Jules's technique is rather good. What, disarming. No, because nobody ever feels threatened by a Jules Holland interview, do they? They don't, don't, they? They don't think what's the hidden significance no, nobody, of that Jules one. is not going to make funny faces behind my back. Ger- not Jeremy Baxman. No, exactly. Yeah. But has anybody ever answered that question when he was asked, the prophets in the Bible? Go on. Because that's what Prince said. Because the reason why he's giving up is to go and study. And so someone said, what are you going to study, Prince? And he went, the Bible. And everyone sort of went, actually a load of people started laughing. Uh, Were you among them? Uh, I, just had a, I had a brief chuckle. Uh, How's he spelling Because apparently he was selling Bibles door to, or giving away Bibles door to door in Minneapolis, wasn't he, a few years ago? Yeah. Oh, because he's a Jehovah's Witness. Yes, which is also See, had the only decent gag of the afternoon made by the guy who introduced him who said, uh, Prince wanted me to tell you uh, he's not a fan of hospitals and he doesn't plan on going into a hospital anytime soon because he was at the hospital. And of course, that's a Jehovah's Witness. Um, right, right you don't believe in that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's no one at the door. Yeah, so yeah. We've got these jokes here. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> oh, well, six foot two so and a half, I can say this. Time to cancel the holidays and, uh, and go and see Prince. Yeah. Now, normally you may recognise Kerry's uh, rich tones from the, from the trails and the little stings that we have on these podcasts. So now we're taking advantage of his actual presence in the room to do one live, Kerry. <coughs> That's just to prove it's live. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Oh. It's even better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right, well, while we've got Rob here, there's one item in the new issue of Word, which is also you can find out about on the site, wordmagazine.co.uk, uh, which is Rosh, uh, <laughs> Rob's pilgrimage to New York City yes. to see his childhood favourites, Rush, yes. and to take with them, to take to see them, a couple of relics of your childhood, Rob. Yes. Tell us about this. Uh, it's um, a clay pig I made in... <laughs> We've all done it. We've all done it. But not everyone's painted Rush on the back of clay. A clay pig. You did this at the age of 12. Age of 12. And you you decided it wasn't complete unless it had the words Rush. Rush. Everything else I owned had Rush on it at the time. So I figured, well, maybe the pig should should have it too. And you took your exercise book I took an exercise book when I'd written a rather long and involved review. uh, Hello. Pre-echo of my future there. Essay really about uh, their 1977 masterwork, Farewell to Kings. Written by in England. <laughs> called in England, Rush fan. Was it yeah. included exciting acoustic guitar work on a 12 It did, it did, yeah. What were the adjectives you used? Exciting. Well, I remember the opening line is uh, 19, released in 1977, the year when grown men wore safety pins. You see, a little bit of edge, a little bit of satire, a little bit of politics. You had it even then. I think you have to raise your voice then when you're doing it. You have a grown man who wore safety pins. Yes, it was terribly early material. Oh, yes. 
So it got us to thinking in the office about the the strange um, ways that twelve year old boys express their dedication yeah. to their rock heroes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. uh, I don't know about anybody else, but uh, I remember I used to have a, one of those backpacks that you bought at the army stores yeah. way back into the nineteen sixties. Uh, and I used to attack the back of these with a biro. And I can still feel, if I close my eyes now and hold the biro, I can feel the, the impact of the biro on the bobbles of the surface mm. of this <laughs> as I picked out the words Beatles, yeah. you know, Stones, Mark Lehman 5. You always have to have a... Re- <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. It, Mark Lehman 5 is more original than Beatles. No, well, well, cool, no, but that's yeah. the early kind of uh, manifestation of yeah. rock snobbery, isn't it? Yeah. At the age of 12. I'm going to put a band's name on this backpack that nobody yeah. has ever heard of. The Mark know? Lehman 5? The Mark Lehman 5. See, you still haven't heard if of If Mark them. Lehman or any of his five are listening, they'd be really <laughs> thrilled, wouldn't they? Yeah. I think that's, really, that's really tasteless, because he's dead, actually. Oh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't to know that. I'm still reeling with the, the Beatles thing, actually, because I remember Paul Denoyer saying at the office, at word recently, I met a guy in, in, in Liverpool had a tattoo. Did you tell me about that? No, oh, yeah. self self inflicted tattoo. It said, I heart the battle. <laughs> <laughs> so he's worn long sleeve shirts for the last 35, 40 years. He spelt it wrong. That's appalling. Isn't it? The standards of literacy weren't what they were. They weren't high. Not at the key moment, anyway. So, what, no, did, you, what, did, you, what did you used to do in those days? I used to try and impersonate a particular rock star. Go I have on. to say, it was, there was a certain, you know, there's a certain picture of a rock star that you think is the coolest thing you've ever seen. Roy Harper, please Dave, just let me finish. Roy Harper made a record called Flat Baroken Berserk. I remember it well. It's a clever pun actually. Uh, And on the gatefold inside was a picture of Roy desperately growing his hair, centre parting, bit of a beard. And uh, I used to try and, I used to, I thought it was the coolest picture I'd ever seen in my life. And in all photographs, in little photo booths, I used to try and be centre parted (laughs) With the old hair coming down over Michelle, try and look like Roy Harper. And it doesn't really work if you've got to see the picture, but <laughs> I, I did fail miserably. I certainly didn't have a beard for a start, nor did I have the finely chiselled physique of Roy himself, who was extraordinarily handsome. So it was a bit of a disaster. But I'm I've got quite a few pictures of myself with um, with uh, long-suffering girlfriends who were just looking amusing and, you know, wacky and got dark glasses on and making whatever, internationally recognised hand gestures, and I'm thinking I'm Roy in the background. And I just, it just looks appalling. They've got one in the kitchen, actually, and my children still point at it and laugh on almost a daily basis. It sends them off for the spring in their step to, to, to college or whatever, because they know that their father was more idiotic than they've ever been. There's a picture of me at the age of 17, which I haven't seen for years, but it must be in the bottom of a drawer somewhere, where I'm with a girlfriend. And you had to do this when you were with a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. You had to, it was part of the sort of freewheeling Bob Dylan nonsense, mm, mm, you know, mm. that I put on a great and then flung over my shoulder. I had the girlfriend on that arm, and then I, on, over my shoulder, I had an acoustic guitar that I couldn't ah! play. <laughs> I I play the thing. I've never seen you with an acoustic guitar. <laughs> no, it, it has no place with me an acoustic guitar. So at did all. you carry I, an acoustic guitar around? I, I went and borrowed it from her sister or something just to have the picture taken in the back garden. That you was know. fantastic. And uh, you know that's that's the early posing, uh, you know, instinct. So what, what about you, Kerry? Did you do I'm any tr- of these I'm trying to things? think. Oh, I didn't do anything on the par with the pig. I can only think of we were ba- I was basically I was into rock and roll and all that stuff but I was also I think the thing that I did I've just remembered is a friend of mine and myself were completely obsessed with the television show um, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle I don't know if you ever got right, it yeah, yeah. and we were totally into at the same time we were growing our hair long and we were yearbook editors and we had pictures uh, taken at the beginning of the year where we had our hair kind of covering our ears and 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 that was when we wrote our uh, you know you, you write your yearbook thing yeah. and my thing is just priceless I mean it's sort of like 
Kerry, also known as, and it was all the stuff that we were influenced by, like Easy Rider at the time. Oh, also known good. as Captain America and all the other things that I was, <laughs> yeah. that I was known as. And finally, I ended up, the, the last thing was like, you know, peace. It was, I remember the, with a hope for peace. And then, and then later in the year, when we were sort of even cooler and surlier, and we had hair down to our shoulders, we, we, we instead of taking a credit as, as your book editors, as uh, Carrie Shale and Danny Diamond, we called ourselves Rocket Chase Squirrel and Bowinkle T. Moose. And there was a big picture of us at the back. Bowinkle T. Moose. Just yeah. saying Squirrel yeah. and Moose. Have been st- played by Groucho Marx, <laughs> in fact, the day of the race. <laughs> have, you st- have you still got this book? I do. I've got it. It's my high school yearbook. You know? And then when you look at it, do you ever have to get under the duvet and get into a fetal well, position? Well, you know, <laughs> weirdly, it is, we still, my, I'm going to see my friend Danny in a couple of weeks, and we still send emails to each other. As, as Bowinkle. As yeah. Bowinkle and uh, Rocky. Oh, and not oh, only oh, that, I have, good. do you know, I don't know if there was a terrible film made of this, The Adventures of Rocky and Bowinkle. It yeah. came out a couple of years ago, which mm-hmm. died the death. The first half hour is brilliant, because it's all cartoon, and they have the people who did the voices originally doing them, and Jason Alexander from uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld plays Boris Badenov, who is the Russian spy with the you know, little short Russian spy. And I have used the Boris Badenov voice professionally many times. I mean, I've played tons of Russians. Do it now. Kind of, yeah, go, yeah, do uh, your voice. Go, squirrel. Squirrel and moose. Yeah, I have squirrel and moose under, under my surveillance fearless leader. Fearless leader. <laughs> fearless leader was played by Robert De Niro in that film. Right. It's, it's available on DVD. You can get it. I bought it on the web for I like three quid because nobody wants it. I think it's time for another live trail only this time in yeah. that voice. <laughs> okay. Silence yeah. in the room. You are listening to podcast from Word. This sounds quite threatening, doesn't it? Very good. He was a Russian spy. We're now going to return to a favourite subject of the podcast we've returned to with alarming regularity, which is uh, Mark, you went to see Bob Dylan recently. I always do. And and Kerry, you went to see Bob Dylan. I did. As well. Yes. And uh, where where was this at? Wembley Arena. Wembley, yeah, yeah. Were you there the first night or the second night? Sunday. First First night. Sunday, yeah. So I want to compare seating arrangements here because one thing that fascinates me about is, is, you know, people are very subjective about concerts, understandably, and I think one of the things that governs the subjectivity is where are you sitting? Mm. Yes? Mark, where were you? We were in the uh, kind of upper reaches, looking down on the stage, and thank God we were in the position where the Bob Dylan was facing. He was facing you at the piano. I, I, I bought got these his back. tickets. Right, I bought these tickets. My wife said, "Where did you buy them?" And my, my wife is a pro. She's seen every single London Bob Dylan concert since the Isle of Wight. That's a lot of tickets, Dave. And uh, yeah, and she said, "You didn't buy them up the top left, did you?" And it's a bit like saying, you know, did you remember to put the rubbish out this morning and play the gaffer? <laughs> said, uh, yeah, yeah. He said, well, don't, he always stands on the left facing the other way. We'll have to look at the back of his neck. Only a complete idiot like Carol <laughs> would buy tickets where you had to look down the back of his collar all night. I did get to see his side for the first four nights. So, oh, right. So what, he played the guitar on that? When he played the guitar, right, yeah. Of course he did, yeah. So uh, we had actually terrific uh, seats. And my wife also brings along um, a gazillion pound set of binoculars. Uh, where it's possible to see actually uh, uh, the clear night sky planets that you didn't even know existed and so you can see details of Bob Dylan's facial expressions which are absolutely astonishing I did also bring binoculars because I am a bit of a seasoned goer but um, and also I wasn't right at the side uh, sandwiches? No, no, just just that. Not even any. The people behind us brought tons of booze, and they they were just drinking and yakking the whole time. That's another thing about certain. Oh, we're talking oh, about talking. But, but anyway, um, but uh, but I could actually see the side of his face. I wasn't just didn't just get his back, and I was probably more or less opposite you then. I suppose. It's interesting. All this talk about binoculars and, uh, and shooting sticks and things like that. You're being satirical, but this is quite similar, isn't it, to talking to a couple of twitchers who've been to a remote island off the Scottish coast to try and 
cast their eyes on some rare bird that only arrives once a year. And, and you know, was anything worth seeing? You know, did anything happen? I think it's that, not like a normal concert. No, is it, if Bob you go, no, yeah. because I think my impression is that the majority of people, I don't know if you felt this, the majority of people who, who go are seasoned campaigners who turn out every time and they're looking oh, for, for sure. tiny modifications. They're looking set, for the moment. The yeah. moment or maybe the song. Absolutely. And I mean, like that night there was, I think. Oh, the, let's compare moments. Okay, my, oh, my, well, my, my friend, actually, my friend actually made, I went to, with a friend who we'd never gone to the, uh, Bob Dylan before, and but we'd, we'd almost gone a couple of times, but he was busy or I was busy, and um, and he made a set list, and we went to the um, the Chinese restaurant down the street uh, afterwards, and went through every song, and we both agreed. Stop giggling. Went, no, go on, go on, <laughs> went through every song. song. He did it, I have to say, but I was glad he did. Uh, it was uh, Nettie Moore, yeah. which absolutely my least my least favorite song on the album. You I've never quite the got the whole show. The total highlight. I actually. Felt myself welling up with emotion, and it's I don't the, even the right I don't even Moore. know what the song yeah. is about, quite frankly. But uh, it was so beautiful. And summer and, days, did that get you? Oh, well, I always love summer. Yeah, yeah. I always love summer days. See, 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 what was my days by here? I think yeah. I, I have to say there are those tiny moments. Where I remember going to see him in Brixton. I suppose it would have been about three or four years ago. We got ninety seconds. Of London Calling by The Clash. Oh, Were you I there about that? that? No, no. And my wife's still giddy with the excitement. <laughs> that, you know, they've done it once at the uh, at the sound check. The guy does the lights as a mate of ours, and he rang us up and said, he's doing London Calling, get there early. And you get 90 seconds. Of course, I've got off so, CD. So right my, most sane human beings listening to this podcast, wordmagazine.co.uk, will probably be thinking, these clowns paid money to go along and see something that lasted for two hours... Only 30 seconds of but, which, oh, when by, it, by their own admission. Be, uh, but but when, it happens, when it happens, it's, it's a moment in time you, that you will always remember. I think I will always remember that. I think, I mean, I, I, I'll come back to that in a minute, though, because I don't actually totally agree with you, but I, I think it's probably the... Uh, the, uh, the uh, it's, a, it's like going to see a football team, isn't it? It's like going to see Manchester United, who you're it's used not. to playing very well, but you're waiting for one absolutely no, spectacular goal. No, you're not. You're a big wait, old butterfly but we are. You're waiting for the result. It's totally different than with football. There's matches. a slight result. No, but it could go uh, either way. It could I've go seen some right. terrible uh, home defeats, I can tell you. <laughs> And a couple of away victories. We but went it, to Bournemouth last it, year and a, a lovely day. <laughs> it's a total, uh, it's a total male. Well, I, I would say that total male bonding thing. Obviously, it's not because of your wife. Oh, I, no, no, I was trying to explain it to high. my wife yesterday, and I got the look. You know, just uh, complete Leave incomprehension. Yeah. Just, well, so I, the difference is, David. Is, I think this is the difference. I, I, I actually, I'm only interested in hearing the new stuff. I was reading some of the uh, emails we got uh, to the magazine and stuff on the website, and people are complaining that what they can't bear is that Dylan ruins the old material. Well, you've got to accept that Dylan does ruin the old material. That's just a given. It's a fact. What you want him to play, if, you, if you're me, certainly, is I'm only interested in hearing the new stuff. I don't want to hear him playing Maggie's Farm any more than he wants to play it. I don't I, want to hear I dis- all of I disagree. I, 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 really love it. I love it when I can't, because I love to play Guess the Song. It's, oh, it's, oh, I love to play Guess the Song. Uh, to me, that's um, the other bonus. Oh, Guess the Song is complicated. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, oh, there are people with networks started, with mobile phones on going, you know, really? I think it's probably uh, Spirit on the Water. No, he no. started noodling. My favorite Guess the Song was uh, there was a long uh, harmonica noodle before, uh, or maybe it was even into the song, because I don't know the song as well as some of the others. It was Blind Willie McTell. Yeah, yeah. That it was about I, two or three minutes before people were turning to the yeah. It's Blind Willie yeah. McTell. He'd already been singing. Band included, of course, because we were watching them too. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'm going to recount the, the occasion many, many years ago when I went to Los Angeles. I haven't been to see Bob Dylan anything like as many times as you have. But Mark Cooper from, uh, you know, later and so forth, uh, and I arrived in Los Angeles to interview Bruce Springsteen 
And Bob Dylan was playing at the Pantages Theatre on Hollywood Boulevard. And Mark persuaded me, against my better judgment, we were going to go and pay a scalper, which I've never done in my mm. life, on Hollywood Boulevard to get in and see Bob Dylan. Because everybody said, he's sensational. They always tell you that. This time, he's really good. So we go along, and he was kind of, it was the usual mess, basically. What year was this? When was that? Oh, God, how long ago? Exactly. Early, early 90s, I would have thought. No, yeah, early 90s. Yeah, it was a, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Human Touch, or around oh, yeah. that, anyway. And, um, and at one point, um, he started doing this vaguely recognisable song. And Mark and I turned to each other and go, So Long, The Watchtower. And then we looked away and listened a bit, and then we both went, no, it's not. It's don't think twice. It's all right. Anyway, we go back to the hotel. The following morning, I'm talking to John Landau, Bruce Springsteen's manager. He said, Bruce and I were thinking of going to see Bob tonight. I said, he said, I said what's it like? I said, oh, it's kind of strange. And so I saw him the following day after he'd been. I said, how was it? He said, Bruce and I were standing there. And, and Bruce turned to me and went, it's all along the watchtower. And that's why we both went, no, it's not, it's don't think twice, it's all right. That so made you feel great, better. Great minds think, you know. Didn't you w- see Dylan whatever. once? I'm sure you went to see him in 1986 when he had a new album to promote and didn't play a single song. Oh, God, absolutely. Not one single Oh, it's, it's the single most difficult interview I've ever had to do. But anyway, it's traditional at this point in the podcast to, uh, to crown the experience with a hoary old, we don't care whether it's true or it's not, rock and roll anecdote. And I thought on this occasion, Mark, it's time to dust off the famous story of Bob Dylan in Crouch End. Oh, well, that is true. Oh, you mean with uh, Dave Stewart? Well, go, go, well, I, 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 over that's, to you. I'll tell you that's true because Dave Stewart told me that story himself. The story was that he was... He, he'd come to know Dylan, hadn't he? They'd gone on a, on a canal holiday, I think, and they'd sort of become... <laughs> quite, no, they had. It was brilliant. No, the canal was brilliant. It was Dave Stewart, Dave Stewart's mum, who did all the cooking. Bob Dylan, who sat up the front playing an acoustic guitar, wearing a giant hood and a pair of star glasses, so nobody knew it was Bob Dylan. A lot of people thinking, why do people still play Bob Dylan numbers? That's ridiculous. And a friend of Dave Stewart's had just come out of jail, so that was the happy little foursome that went on this little canal tour. But anyway, soon after that, Dylan uh, elected to be produced, I think, didn't he? He by, came by, to Crouch and they had a studio in an old church, and I think the address was something along the lines of number 23 Crouch End Avenue. And he turned up on his own, Dylan, without a minder, with just an acoustic guitar, the big old hood up, and the pair of dark glasses. He turned up, I think, at 23 Crouch End Road or whatever, rang the doorbell, obviously a little bit puzzled, expecting to find a giant church that was a recording studio. And a girl opened the door, and he just stood there and said, Oh, hey, uh, is, is Dave in? And she was married, genuinely, to a man called Dave, who had just gone out to the corner shop to buy a pint of milk. Who was also... Who was also a bit of a Dylan fan, and well, we'll come to that later, but obviously Dave had a lot of friends who looked a little bit like, you know, the sort of person who would turn up an acoustic guitar at sort of, you know, 10 in the morning. So she said, come on in, he came into the kitchen, and sat down, and she put the kettle on, she wanted a, you know, a cup of tea, so he took his hood off, she thought, oh, fucking hell, it's Bob Dylan. <laughs> And Dave, Dave Stewart's version of this was so brilliant because he said the first, of course, extraordinary reaction to this was not, oh, my God, Bob Dylan's in my house, which was just rage, really. She was upset. She said, I've been married to this guy for years. Never once did he tell me that he knew Bob Dylan well enough to invite him around. And this didn't last more than 30 seconds before the almighty penny dropped and she realised what was going on. But she said it was absolutely priceless. And she just stood there looking at him and said, y- you, you probably want the... At that point, the doorbell rang in came Dave with a pint of milk. Oh, my God! <laughs> and there's Dylan! 
They couldn't get him to stay, but he went down to the church and recorded the album. But it is fantastic. So it was time for his boot heels to be wandering. His boot heels were wandering. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks very much for that. Thanks very much, Kerry, for coming along. Oh, uh, Kerry's come straight brilliant. from a voiceover, uh, doing something about external, external le- leakage. External leakage. Don't knock it if you haven't tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Would I get a chance for a voiceover of my blockbuster voice? Can I just do it really quickly? Go on, go on. Yeah, go it's, it's misery beyond your wildest nightmares. Horror beyond your wildest imaginings. Is that any good? That's good. That's Glenn good. Close, Robert De Niro. It's, it's <laughs> going to be quite deep, isn't it? That's good. Is this working? This is probably not. Anyway, we'll bid you uh, a fond adieu. Can, that, I, can I say you've note. been listening? Yes, to you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to finish with another live trail. Oh, right. You've been listening to a podcast from the Word. Damn, you can do it better. But than I can, me. I can That's do you. Should I do your regular one? Yeah, go on. Do you're a regular not going to be able to use that. Word, a podcast, a magazine, a way of life. Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.